Amen. If you would turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. But before we get there, while you're flipping through your pages or finding it on your phone, um, I just want to say that Friday night, Hope Night, Rebecca, well done. All of you that helped serve the ministry team people, the sound and the tech guys, it was over the top. It was amazing. The feedback that I got from people that was here was they were truly blessed. This place was packed with people looking for hope, and I think they found it in Jesus that night. You know, what we saw in these people was the very thing that we've been talking about, and that is we heard people who found their hope in Jesus and in the process found their voice, their God-given voice, and they stood up and shared their testimonies. In spite of anything, their past, their history, nothing held them back. They shared their hearts with passion. And I, I know you felt it as well as I did. It drew us into that moment and it challenged us to go deeper. And that's exactly what we're doing here. The heart of the leadership here is we wanna challenge you guys to go deeper. We want you to find your God-given voice. I have been saying over and over and over again, it's time to stand up, it's time to fight, it's time to push back against all the darkness that's encroaching in our camp. Years ago, it was on the other side of the fence. It has come over the fence, it's in our yard, it's your fight, it's your family's fight, it's the church's fight, we need to stand up and we need to fight. Amen? So, a lot of what I'm sharing, you guys, you know my history, some of you do, my testimony. Mario Marilla was a huge part of the reason I'm standing here today. He called me out when I was about 18 years old. And it was a powerful moment. It was a miraculous moment. And he called me out. And you know what? I have not turned back. Neither has my wife. We leaned into all the things of God. We put one foot in front of the other. And we've marched into his kingdom. Oh, and we just keep going. It's from glory to glory. There's no ladders in this. There's no rungs you climb. It's from glory to glory. And I'm watching you guys grab a hold of that. And you're going from glory to glory. I'm telling you, some of you are going to wake up in a moment and realize you're in the very place that God called you to years ago. But that's not the stopping point. We keep moving forward into the next thing that God has for us, right? Man, just so exciting in my heart. Mario right now is doing Living Proof Crusade down in Bakersfield. It's coming up. Uh, We went to one of his crusades just a few months ago. And I'll tell you, he's preaching the gospel, but he's doing more than just preaching the gospel. Signs and wonders are coming, and signs and wonders are exploding in their midst. And it's living proof that Jesus, what Jesus said, is true. What Jesus says in his word is true. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Winston Churchill. How many know who Winston Churchill was? Okay, good, good. He wrote this once. The man was a phenomenal speaker. He was the prime minister of England at a time when England was being hammered during World War II, and the man stood up and he had a voice. He was a veteran. He was a soldier. I mean, the guy, the guy was an amazing guy. I don't know what side of the fence you stand on, but he said some amazing things. And he said this, of all the talents bestowed upon men, none is so precious as the gift of oratory. He who enjoys it wields the power more durable than that of a great king. He is an independent force in the world, abandoned by his party, mm, betrayed by his friends, stripped of his offices. Whoever can, can, can command this power is still formidable. He's talking about your voice, standing up and speaking like we heard Friday night. Their voices moved people's hearts, right? That's what we saw happen. Right now, we're in a moment in history where we are being flooded by evil and by depravity. Right now, it's coming at us at an unbelievable speed. How many have felt it in the last five to six years? Just seems to be accelerating at an incredible speed. Why? It seems as if the loudest voices are the most evil and depraved voices. It seems that way. And I believe that they are the ones that have the microphones. And they are the ones 
that want to silence everyone else. They are morally corrupt, they are wicked, and they have turned from what is right. Right? Yeah. Got kind of quiet. <laughs> but the Bible tells us the dangers of the last days. And I'm telling you, it's not going to come from global warming. It's not going to come from nature itself. It's going to come from man himself. Let's read this together. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does that ring a bell? Of course it does. Our faith right now is under attack. And it's under attack by an evil and evil voices. That's what's attacking our faith. And I'm telling you, the power of these voices to do evil is terrifying. Just when you think, I want to find my voice, God, I want to stand up and make a difference, and you start to, you start to get up and arise, this voice comes and says, who do you think you are? You're just a, you were once a, your history says this. And if we don't know whose we are, we cave and we give in to that moment. We give in to those voices. I'm telling you, this thought that words alone, this old saying, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is such a lie. How many of us know people that have been crushed by evil and destructive words? Many of you grew up in situations where you heard these words spoken into your life. You're not good enough. Why can't you be like your brother or your sister? Oh, you're just this or you're just that. Many of us have heard those kinds of words. Many of us have been put down. Many of us have been silenced by evil and destructive words. You're stupid, you're dumb, you're... I mean, the list went on and on. But it, I think Mario has this point, I think it's really well taken, that if evil voices can crush and destroy our spirits or push down our faith and, and, and take Christianity and shove it to a corner, I think it follows that God-given voices can save it. God-given voices can bring life back to what was once dying. That's why I love walking through the halls and saying, you're a mighty man of valor. It's a faith picture. I'm looking through the lens of God's word that says this is who you are. You're a virtuous woman of God. Right, for sure, right there. Virtuous woman of God. Because that's what God's word says you are. Not what the world says. We have to rise above this, guys. Oh, my goodness. Right now, we need those God-given voices to stand up. We need big ones. We need small ones. We need famous voices. We need regular voices and just regular folks like me. We need to stand up and speak. We need them in the high places. We need them in the everyday places. We need them to be in the schools and the businesses and government and entertainment. We need these voices in the world today. In short, we need these voices everywhere. And I'm going to tell you something. You can be that voice. You can. You saw a great example of that Friday night. They became the voice. And they spoke for those who have a hard time speaking for themselves. They were speaking such incredible life, you could just see chains being busted off people because they stood up and took their place and they spoke. But I'm going to go a little farther. I think God has already bestowed upon you this gift of being able to speak. I think God has already bestowed upon you your God-given voice. You just have to find it. And here's, here's how we begin. You might take notes. You, start, you have to start by recognizing that God's choice of weapons, the God-given voice, is a weapon that he has chosen for such a time as this. Our weapons are not natural weapons. Our weapons are spiritual and they're able to do things that nothing else can do, right? Right now, guys, God has chosen 
your voice as a weapon for such a time as this. Luke 21, turn there really quick. Luke 21, verses 12 through 13. It proves this point. Jesus is here speaking to his disciples, and he's talking to us every bit as much as he was talking to them. Whenever you read the word, he wasn't just talking to them. He's talking to all of us. All scriptures inspired for reproof, correction, and direction. Okay? It's not just, what, well, that was what he spoke to them then. But we know today. Stop it. Jesus is speaking to us. And, and, and he's talking to them about how to live in the last days. He's talking to them about the atrocities that are about to come in the end times. And he's talking about the hatred that's being pushed and directed at our faith. And then he makes this incredible, incredible point. How God will open the door for you to speak when all of this is coming down upon you. He says, but before Luke 21 Verses 12 through 13. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn, listen, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Oh my goodness. Hear me, guys, no matter what, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter how evil or how dark it becomes, if you are a child of God, Jesus says, it's going to turn. It's going to turn, and I'm telling you, it will force an opportunity for God-powered and voices to stand up and speak. It will turn. It'll be good. It'll be an opportunity for your God-empowered voice to speak. That's what the Word says right there. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Think about that. This happened to Paul. Turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. You know, Paul, they put him in prison. They did everything they could to shut his mouth. Yet God forced that moment to become a witness. But I want you to know, brethren, this is Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Do you see how Paul was able to frame this? He didn't say, man, they set me up. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. He was able to frame it in a way that he knew that God was going to use this and everything that happened to him for a witness to further the gospel, to move it on down the road in a powerful way. Everyone that stood up here Friday night, that's what happened in their story. God used it to push the gospel and advance it farther down the road. Right now, it may seem impossible to you. You cannot imagine yourself being a supernatural voice. Fill in the blank. In whatever setting God has placed you in, you're like, I just don't think I got anything to give. I don't think I have anything to say. Yeah, I... Let me stop for a moment. I'll tell you, there's a... And this isn't a ding. Please don't hear it that way. But there are churches that have created tons of programs that keep people busy and good things going on. And, 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 and I think that's fine. But I don't want to tie your hands or... Burn up your time. You only have so much time to give. I would much rather see you out at a, at, a, at a meeting, whether it's a school board meeting, whether it's a volunteer group, whatever, some circle of influence that you could get into during the week that your God-given voice can be used. I would much rather see you doing that than being here on a Wednesday night or something just having a Bible study. Not that that's wrong, I'm just saying God wants to use your voices. I don't know if you feel it or not, but there's a revival that's happening. Something is reviving our hearts, and I think God is challenging us to stand up and to start speaking our testimonies. And I'm telling you, God's gonna put many of you, if that's your heart, you wanna get involved in things in the city, civic things, government, whatever that looks like for you, and you get into that, God's gonna use you and your voice, and he's gonna give you supernatural wisdom, which we're gonna talk about in a moment, that you will be able to contend with. You will be able to uh, become that person that can lead a, lead a discussion into a place that's like, wow, we never saw that before. 
My, my cousin Dwight lives up. He worked for Washington's version of ODOT. He retired just last year. But they used to call him a Dwight. Simple, simple guy. Never went to engineering school. Didn't know anything about any of that stuff. But whenever they'd get into a situation where they were trying to figure out something that needed dirt or rocks or something, they'd say, get Simon down here. And Dwight would come down and he would say, let me just walk it out. And he'd walk and look at survey stuff and he'd come back and he'd say, well, this is what I think you should do. And he had a lot of history with, with I'll call it ODOT, I think it's WODOT in Washington. But he would share, this is what you need to bring in, you know, tons of riprap, put it here, there, there, take care, gravel this and fix that. And the engineers are like, well, that's exactly what you need to do. The cosine or the tangent angle, that's what you need to do. Did you go to engineering school? No. Did you, did you study advanced math and call it? Where'd you get all that? Man, I just go and pray and I ask God and he gives me. They're like, what? <laughs> Supernatural answers. That's what we need. You may be terrified right now to speak in front of people. And I'm telling you, the moment you start to stand up, a lot of times that whisper starts to start in your ear. And it's the devil who's bringing up your past. I have a brother-in-law, I said, he's really into politics, political stuff, and he, he can rant off these rants, and he's pretty good. And I said one day, why don't you just go into politics? He goes, I have too many skeletons in my closet. Do you follow what I'm saying? Just when you start to go, okay, God, I'm going to stand up for you, that little voice comes up and says, uh-uh, remember your past. You're disqualified. You may think that your current circumstances or your past history, I wrote, makes it impossible for you to be used by God. That's a lie. That's absolutely a lie. Remember Hope Night, you saw what happened. If those people had believed that lie, they would have never been up here speaking that night. Right? You may feel like you've been cast aside. How many feel like that? You just, there, yeah. Yeah, there are some. You feel like you're cast aside and, and, and maybe trapped in horrible circumstances. You may feel like your true skill set or your talents have been ignored. These are valid concerns. I get that. But I'm telling you, they cannot and will not stop God. Remember, he leaves the 99 for the one. He will come after you. He's able to blast you right out of anything that you're stuck in. I'm telling you. He can take, rip, tear apart. Get, he will get to you no matter what. That's right. In fact, I wrote here, the most important change needed is not in your situations. It's not in your circumstances. It's in your heart. Right. It's in your heart. That's what needs to change. And that's what we're trying to challenge you in. Listen, get ready because the moment you say, here I am, God, use me. The moment you stand up, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be transformed into a different person. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Just a short little context here. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. Here's a little context. Saul was out looking for his father's donkeys. This is way before he became king. And Saul was about to turn back. He said, man, we can't find these donkeys. My dad's going to be worrying for I'm going to paraphrase like crazy here. Dad's going to be worrying for, worried all about me. <sighs> we better turn around and go back. And a servant says, hold, hold on, time out, time out. There's this little town here. There, there is a man of God here, and he's a seer. Perhaps we can go to him, which turns out to be the prophet Samuel, and we'll go to him, and maybe he will tell us where these donkeys are. So they go, they, 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 they meet up with Samuel, Samuel realizes who's standing before him, the next king, the very first king, excuse me, of Israel. He stands before him. He anoints him for that moment. And then he sends him on this journey. And he knows, Samuel knows, he's going to meet up with a group of prophets. Very fascinating what happens here. They meet up with these prophets. Saul, who's just a young man looking for donkeys at that moment, comes walking up and meets these prophets. They invite him into that moment. Then it says here, Verse 6, chapter 10, 1 Samuel. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with, with them and be turned into another man. Let me read that again. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy. You will foretell and foretell the things of God, and you will turn with them and be turned into another man. 
And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. So the promise is when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, the result is not only will you be turned into another person, but you're going to be able to speak in supernatural ways. You're going to be able to speak God's heart, God's thoughts that will transform people's lives in your circle of influence. That should be a big amen. amen. That's a powerful thing right there. I'm telling you, your natural shyness is going to be overruled. Your fear of rejection is going to be peeled off. Your temperament will be transcended. Temperament. Huh. How many remember those temperament analysis? Whether you're, you know, what is it? Caloric, phlegmatic, sanguine, melancholy, spasmostic, whatever that looks like. <laughs> I was more in the spasmostic part of it. <clears throat> you're going to rise above the labels. God's going to rise you, take you up and bring you above those labels that have been placed on you by man. Years ago, my wife and I took this temperament test. And we were young and in love with Jesus and each other. And man, we were passionate about the things of God. We had already given all that we had. We're living in full-time ministry. And this prophet came and had everyone do a personality test. And he's looking at, calls my wife and I in, and he looks at it, and he goes, huh, oh, no, hmm, oh. puts him down, you guys shouldn't be together, this is not going to work. <laughs> Based on your temperament and your personality, you're a spaz, you know. <laughs> I wanted to choke the guy. I know it's not scriptural, but I wanted to hook him. And I said, how dare you? This really lit my pants on fire. How dare you? Where is hope in all this? You are so wrong. He's like, you don't even know who I am. I said, I don't care who you are right now, but you're wrong. And I, I went to the leaders and shared, and they're like, he's given that? Yeah, he's given that test, and he's blown this ministry up. And they dealt with him. And uh, he later came back and apologized. But I'm telling you, God is going to transcend any label that's ever been placed upon you with hope and with glory. Amen? Amen. So any confusion about what you should do is going to, and a lot of you right now are in this moment, what should I do? What, what, oh, I'm a little confused about plans and what, what should I do? I'm telling you, God's going to replace all of that confusion with a real sense of purpose and a real sense of direction. And you will be that one that will do as the occasion demands because God is with you. I think this should settle that great question we talked about last week. If God be for us, who can be against us? God is so for you. I don't care what the world says. He loves you. He has a plan for you. Maybe you just need to get over you. Just saying. I've had to wrestle with that. But listen, now I hope it's become apparent that God's choice of weapons in this moment is your God-given voice. It's the one that he will always use in impossible situations. Read the word. Whenever it was an impossible situation, they stood up and they spoke to the storm. They spoke to the winds. A God-given voice. Notice I haven't said your personal opinion. Never once have I said your personal opinion. That will get you in trouble. But God wants to put words in your mouth that are from his heart. And if you will make yourself a vessel for that, he's going to do just that. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1. We've been here many times before. Think about it. Jesus has just ascended into heaven, and they're standing there. Ooh. He said, now go wait in the upper room. But I think at this point in time, the church was never more vulnerable than that moment when Jesus ascended into heaven. Those early believers, we read all of a sudden in Acts chapter 2, they're huddled in the upper room, and they're waiting. You, can you imagine what must have been going through their hearts? He disappeared. He's gone. 
the authorities, are we in trouble? What's going to happen next? This huge moment had to have been just in their hearts. But before Jesus ascended them, ascended into heaven, he told them about a transformation which was coming. He talked about a gift of power that was coming, and it was coming through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You've read this many times. But you shall receive power. Do you catch that? You already have it. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So the Holy Spirit empowers us, if we really believe this, to become witnesses for him. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then he told them to wait. So they waited. They waited. So Jerusalem is celebrating what they called the Feast of the Pentecost. The city is filled with people from all around the known world at that time. There's 120 believers in this room. And I think at the, they're probably in this moment where they couldn't have felt more disregarded. Yet within a few hours, we read, everything changed. First, there was a mighty rushing wind. Then, tongues of fire sat on their heads. I've shared with you the pictures of my daughter with Heidi Baker. Mozambique, out in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to try to get the pictures to show you. But my daughter says they're taking these pictures, and they just see people coming to Jesus. They're in a very remote village, and it's like, if you come here, we'll kill you. And Heidi's like, what? You threatened me with death? Are you kidding me? You know, Heidi just, she was all in, and still is today. And, And here's these people and miracles happening, all kinds of crazy cool things. So they're just snapping pictures of people. When the pictures, they look at them, there is tongues of fire on their heads. You see it in the pictures. You cannot manipulate that. Well, you probably could with Photoshop, but I I trust my daughter and I trust her story. It radically, that experience radically altered her life. Then, tongues of fire, then, they were baptized, ooh, in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, whatever language you want to put on it, and with fire. With fire. It wasn't like, huh, well, that felt weird. You want to pass the peas? I want to finish eating lunch. No! What happened next? They, they just flew out the doors. They overflowed into the streets, and they began to preach. And to share Jesus with people. In fact, their voices were something that the world had never heard at that that time. They'd never heard that before. They were speaking in languages supernaturally. They were using words and patterns of words uh, that people heard. And they were shocked to hear, whoa, that these simple Jews, these farmers, these boatmen, these fishermen knew each of their languages and was speaking it. That's what happened. And they were all hearing about the glory of God and how powerful Jesus. They were hearing the gospel in their own language. These were people that God had empowered them with a God-given voice. They stepped up, stood out, and in a blink of an eye, this fledging little church that was hiding up in a corner became a global dynamo. And to this day is still turning the world upside down. Okay, but we need to fight harder. More of us need to get in the fight. But let me tell you something. The gift that God gave at that moment was more than just words. In fact, the word says, turn to Luke chapter 21, 14 through 15. Luke chapter 21, verses 14 through 15. Again, the gift that God gave at that moment was more than just words. It was wisdom and irresistible arguments. Luke said, or Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verses 14 and 15, therefore settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and I will give you wisdom 
which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Wow. That means stop thinking. <laughs> stop overthinking everything. It's like, you know, I'm gonna, I gotta have all my ducks lined up. I gotta read 14 books. I gotta read all these passages in the scripture. I wanna have this thing together. And you just got someone stands up and says, by the power of God, speaking God's heart, God loves you. God loves you. And something supernatural happens and hits their heart. It's not us. It's not our persuasive words and incredible speeches that lead people to men, or lead people, excuse me, to God. It's the Holy Spirit. That's his job. He's the one that leads men. He's the one that leads women to Jesus. He's the one that captures their heart. You could say the word blue, and if it's a God-ordained word, someone's going to go, Aah! and be radically altered by the presence of God. Amen. I'm just saying. But if you come, you know, wait, before I, I got to get this. Oh, I got to get everything together. I loved Kaylee's testimony. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. Yes, I have a man on the inside. That was so powerful. You have a man on the inside who is telling you and will tell you what you need to say in that moment. He will tell you how you should react or respond or what you should do if you are listening. You will find yourself able to absorb information in this moment about what to get involved in. Which meeting should I be involved in? Which politician, honestly, should I contact? Or what should I join or what should I volunteer for? in order for you to use your God-given voice. Guys, we can make a difference in this community if we just get, we yell at everybody. We, we yell at things going on. Well, the government, why don't we get involved in some of this stuff? Some of you are, and God bless you guys. It's not easy, it's been hard and tough, but at the end of the day, you're there because God has sent you there. And God will continue to give you the words that you need to speak as you just trust him. I wrote, then you will find yourself confident and supernaturally prepared because it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's guiding you. He is the one who's leading you. You will find yourself fearless and commanding. Bobby Johnson, Friday night, the guy is fearless and he was commanding. He knew his authority. We laughed because he said, I don't need no stinking badge. We were joking about that, but he just, he knows who he is, and he knows his authority, and he knows how to swing a sword, and he knows where to put it. That came through trial and error, guys, but he was willing to stand up and to be used by God, and he's become a powerful voice. You're going to confront evildoers, and you're going to come against those who would try to censor you. That's what God's calling you to. The power of God, oh my goodness. If you will just stand up and allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you in a whole new way, you're going to find yourself so laser-focused in the season to come. I'm talking laser-focused. Remember what Paul said? We talked about this last week in 2 Corinthians 10, chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of of Christ. God, laser focus is coming, and God is going to give you this ability, this amazing skill set to take those thoughts into captivity, those wicked and evil thoughts that want to play on one side, and God thoughts on the other side, and you're going to be able to go, nope, that ain't it, go, get out, you're not welcome, you're not here, go to that box, you're not, you're, you're done, I'll deal with you later. You know, this thought, guys, if you keep on thinking that I have to line up my ducks, I have to get it all together, I have to get it all figured out before God is going to use me, that's a lie. That is a lie. So how do you find your God-given voice? We'll wrap it up with this. Your message to the world right now is cooking in your heart. Right now, your God-given message to the circle that God has called you to is cooking in your heart, and it's growing. And you hear it, boom, boom, 
boom, boom. You hear it, it's growing. What's making you angry right now? What is breaking your heart? Where do you feel the most pain? And this really hits home with me. I am so angry at our young people overdosing on fentanyl. We lost a really good friend on Hope Night. He overdosed on fentanyl. Yeah, he struggled. He had a hard time. Things happened. He was a student here at school. I love this kid. He had a smile that would get him out of everything. His dad had just posted a picture. I just got my son back. He was clean. Everything was going good, and somehow, I'm tired of it. I'm angry. And I want to find out what we can do about it. There's so many things that we can put our voice into. I'm not saying all run to that. I'm just saying that's what angers me. That's what makes me mad right now in this moment, in this season, is our young people are being ripped off of a future by an enemy that's dark, he's depraved, he's evil. And this voice that you'll be cool if you do this is such a lie. I wish with all my heart he would have been here hope night. Turn to Jeremiah 20, please. Again, the word of the Lord is growing inside you and it's growing like a flame. And it's going to grow and grow and grow. And either you're going to feed that by putting more wood on the fire, by fervently falling on your face before Jesus. And if you do that, that fire is going to become more and more intense. And at some point, you're going to stand up and you're going to say, I've had enough. I'm sick of this. It's time for me to stand up and take my place in his story. The prophet Jeremiah, chapter 20, verse 9. The prophet Jeremiah, he's probably most known for, he served as a, 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 a prophet for 40 years uh, over Judah. And uh, he probably wasn't the most well-liked prophet that walked the planet. He brought a message to Jerusalem, to the Judeans, you know, it's all going to burn. It's all going down. It's all going to crumble. And they did not like it. In fact, they conspired to kill him. So he was pounded and hounded. And here's what he says. Verse 9, chapter 20. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. You ever felt like that? You're just done. You're tired. You're tired of everything coming down on you. It's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. But listen, there was such a fire in his heart, he says, but his words was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. You will find your God-given voice when you get on your knees when you get on your face and when you cry out to Jesus and he will answer the cry of your heart. I'm telling you, it is the warrior's cry. It is the child of God who has seen enough and it says, I gotta do something. I'm sick of it. I'm gonna stand up and make a difference. Young people, in your circle of influence in school, you gotta come to that point where you say, I've had enough. I'm gonna stand up for what is right. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it will cost you. Yes, it will hurt. But it's the right thing to do. And God will use you and God will give you the words to speak in that moment. Same thing in the marketplace, wherever you work at. If you see injustice, if you see evil and you stand up and say, that's enough, you may pay a price for it, but I'm telling you, God has something so much better for you because he will use that moment as an occasion for your testimony to be more powerful than what's going on around you. Amen? Amen. It's coming to that crushing realization of a threat that must be met head on with something outside of you. We need God's help. And when you cry out to God, Remember, remember, remember Jesus is walking through the crowd? What's the voice he hears? He, everywhere, there was such a, 
there was such a, 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 a volume of voices that were speaking, Jesus, 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 heal me, Jesus. He heard a voice out of all of those voices. He heard someone yelling, Son of David, have mercy on me. God heard, Jesus heard his heart's cry. God will hear your heart cry when you've come to that place where you said, I'm done, I've had enough. Peter said it best in Acts 4.29. He said, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. The fight's coming, guys. Are you going to be able to stand and use your God-given voice? I think you will. I think you will. It's what Peter asked for next that we're going to talk about next week. He asked for something that was greater than words. And we're going to talk about that next work. I've got a song I want you guys to hear. Let's stand. This is one of those moments between you and Jesus because a lot of you have grown up with those voices that has spoken in you, that's crushed you down, that's kept you from, you're not good enough, you can't be, you're just not the one, not, you know, you're no, you'll never be like, I'm telling you, that is all a lie. Because if God has said, it's done. Amen. And if that's you, and if this relates to your heart, I'd love for you to step into his presence up here, and we would love to pray for you. And if you don't know Jesus, Please come forward, and we would love to introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It will radically alter your life. Amen? Stephen? Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and again just who I am because I need to know
asked me to close in prayer, but I think the Lord wants to say something first. From the first sentence that came out of Doug's mouth this morning, I was already crying. And God was hitting me all through the message. But the part that really got me is when he confirmed what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about this week. Doesn't he do that? He's so perfect. Thank you, Jesus. I'm one of those people that wanted to have all my ducks in a row. You've heard my testimony, a lot of you. And God wants to take me further away from that. He told me that he wants me to speak sometimes with no notes at all. So (laughs) I'm asking my family, be praying for me. Because that's so far out of my comfort zone. Father, I just pray that uh, your word sinks deep into everyone else this morning like it did for me. God, that you will activate us with our voices to go out to a dying, hurting world and wrap our arms around them and comfort them with your words and speak life into them and bring them into your kingdom, Jesus. Because without that, there's nothing. There's nothing else. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hold on. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Mark has a prayer that he wants to pray over us. And I want to honor this brother. It's the prayer of Jabez. Amen. Thank you. God has asked me to do this over a year ago. And I've just been putting it up, mostly scared or whatever. But then it's the prayer that we can use anywhere, anytime. God wants you to use it all the time. And if you think of the words as we go through them, you'll see that, yeah, that covers that. I've asked God to do that. I've asked God to put his hand upon me. You've you've asked for help. I need it. Well, I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. One verse. Anybody can memorize one verse. I'll give it to you. It's in 1 Chronicles 4.10. How do I remember that? I think of a shotgun, (laughs) 4.10. But... Think of this. Think of the words. God bless this congregation. Indeed. I say indeed. Not just bless you. And you can bless anybody, anything, anytime, anywhere. Bless them 
Indeed. Indeed is a little stronger. It's saying, God, I really want it. Bless me. Bless this congregation indeed. Okay, that's part one of four parts in this verse. Enlarge my territory. Whatever you can do, you can do a little more. That's good. That's good. Wow. A little more. Woo! That's Pastor's good. Pastor's been saying, stand up. Well, we got to stand up, and I've finally come down here. I did do some of the teenagers at one time. But Enlarge my territory. Whatever you're doing, if you're praying 15 minutes, make it 20. That's good. Bless, yes, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. And anything God gives you is your territory. He won't ask you to do anything to embarrass you. Number three, God, put your hand upon me. That's simple. How many times do you ask for help? God, help me. That's so good. Put your hand upon me. So good. And help me not to sin so as to cause pain. Four little items, one verse, First Chronicles 4.10. You can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. That's right. But it's good. It's simple. Use it. It's good. Think of the words. <clears throat> Think of the words. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Keep your hand upon me. Help me not to sin so as to cause pain. I have done that so much. Yeah. Amen. What is a nice group here today? You know what? I hope I stood up.